0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 68 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and joined with me,
1: as always, are Stephen Klukas and Mr. Mike Freeman. <laughs> hello, Andrew. Hello, hello, sir. Hello, Stephen. Hello, podcast listeners. Greetings, universe.
0: How are you guys doing? We've got a great show for us today and hopefully for you listener. But today we're going to be talking about uh sermons and how to get the most out of them, how to listen to them and kind of like what's what what goes into a sermon so that as a listener you can get the most out of God's word. You know, that's that's going to be cool. But before we jump into that, man, it's been a while since we've uh done just a normal standard episode. I forget sometimes we like to do check-ins. So I'd like to go around the table and see what's going on in your guys' world, if you
2: guys are uh, ready to answer some questions. Yeah? I'll jump in. All right. Yeah. So, Steven, what's going on in your world, Dude, man? Youth Ministry is continuing to rock and roll. Uh, we have an event coming up this week where we're going to just go and hang out, have some good times. I've got a new volunteer starting here in the next couple of weeks. So oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, a lot of That's things exciting. going on and moving forward, and for me, the... The takeaway, the, the the benefit, the big highlight of all of this is we're not stagnating. Yeah. That is something that I feared was that we would start making progress and then hit the top of that curve and then just start downhill. But no, we're it seems like we're able to downshift and keep our momentum going. So I'm very excited about that.
0: That's cool. Mike,
1: what's going on in your world, man? Loving the fall. It's uh it's, yeah, it's chilly it's, outside. It's, it's been freezing it's cool, lately. I love it we uh staying really active you know at fall we, we've got this really giant apple tree that probably should have been uh trimmed and pruned years ago but it yeah. has been but it's had an incredible amount of apples and so we've been doing things like jessica was making pie filling last night and um you know we got crisps coming and then there's apple sauce and all that good stuff and um, and then in that, I've uh, had a friend invite me to go fishing a few times. Yeah, I've seen that. Which, uh, seen you know, when, when we moved to Calais, I was like, man, I, I hope to get into like uh, some fishing again. And, yeah. and I have not gone once since we've come here, um, except for fishing of men, of course. You know, of course, but, uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we've gone out twice. The first day we went out, the boat battery did not start. Oh. And uh, and so we got out about an hour, hour plus later than we expected. and uh, And... Caught a few fish, beautiful fish. They were all wild, and so we had to throw them back. Oh. Were and, you,
0: you, are you going for salmon or steelhead? Yeah, salmon. Salmon,
1: okay. And uh, the the coho is what it is right now, and um, they were awesome fish. They were really cool. I, I brought one in, and then one got off my line, and then my buddy got one in also, uh, but... The way it works is they're hatchery fish, and then they're yeah. wild fish. Yeah, yeah. And the wild fish, they have a part of a fin that, mm-hmm. that is still on them, and you, you're supposed to throw those back. And so we did. Hard to throw them back, but it, it's, yeah. uh, it was fun to catch them. And then I went yesterday morning, and it was so cold. Wait, you've already gone twice this week? Well, Wait, I'll, no, 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 no. Friday last week and Friday, Monday yeah, this week.
0: I forgot. It's only Tuesday right
1: now. We met at like uh, 545. We were out there pretty early, and it was dark out. And this guy is boating upriver, yeah, and uh, and in the fog with zero visibility. It's quite the trip, actually. (laughs) Um, Had a good time. We didn't, we we didn't really even get a bite out there, and that was a bummer. But it was a good time. We had we had fun. So that's you know fall. It's pumpkin season. It's trying to get some fish and uh, and baseball. Jay's got two more games, and then we're done for the season. And looking forward to. Slowing down a little bit as a family.
0: Are, are either of you guys
2: like experienced fishermen? Like, do you guys—is that a normal thing you guys do? I went fishing a couple times in elementary school, so okay, I, if that counts. Okay, I've
1: done more like lake and like trout fishing is is what I've done. I haven't in years. Yeah, but we go camping. We've got poles. We we typically go and do that fair amount. At least we had in the past. Um, and so it's something I've always enjoyed. Okay, that's
0: cool. I my dad used to take me. Uh, he called it plunking. Yeah. Okay. So that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause that's my, my parents being immigrants sometimes would say things and I would say this is what we do. And then everyone else be like, what is that? I don't understand. Like my dad used to call it the college river. So for the longest time, I thought there was a river called the college river until high school. I started talking about it and then I was corrected. It's the Cowlitz river. yeah And so a little bit of, yeah, into my background. That's fun. But my dad used to take me plunking out at Abernathy here in, in Longview and one of my favorite memories is actually a horrific one where uh, I used to go out into the, I would be wearing my little boots and I'd go out into the river and then I would let my, my boots just fill up with water and I'd come back out and I'd empty the boots. I would just do that over and over again. One time I was take, I took off one boot and as soon as I took off that one boot, my pole started dinging, there was, a, there was a bite on the fish. My dad scooped me up and ran me over to the pole and kept me like having, he, he tried to teach me how to fight the fish and then bring him in. But the whole time I was stepping on like really, really sharp rocks. Oh, no. And I just remember like just screaming and being in a lot of pain, but my dad like laughing his head off the whole time. And we landed this beautiful fish, but I don't remember the fish at all. This is what he says. Yeah. And I just remember being so mad at him for trying to teach me to fish. Anyway, he likes to tell that story. I like to tell that story because to him, it was like fun to hang out with a son. For me, it was traumatic. I just thought I'd share that. All right.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> So when do you uh, see your counselor next? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, just, I'll work through my dad and fish issues. So, Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Fall, yeah. I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying things right now. And, and you know, honestly, I, I shared this in uh, the sermon this weekend. I'm, I'm getting back to normal. Like yeah, I'm feeling more like myself. Energy levels really increased. And that's, uh, I'm very, very thankful to the Lord for that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: You mentioning that it's fall reminds me, Mr. Stephen, you have a pumpkin patch Trip coming up here.
2: That's the one that I was mentioning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was keeping details vague, but okay, yes. Okay. And you have roped in uh, the two of us. To I've come, tried to come. rope in a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: What are you looking forward to?
2: Do you foresee any challenges? Dude, I foresee all the challenges. What are you talking about? This is going to be crazy. This is this is my first off-campus event okay. as as a youth minister, and so I am just trying to keep this as simple as possible. And my goal is to. To just get there and back again in one piece. I think it's going to be a great, great trip. I it, was, have, it was a great trip.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Listeners, by yeah. the time you listen to this... You're going to
2: know it, the horror it, stories it, before I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll report in on this when, yeah. when we uh, when we come back. I hope you don't have kids that uh, take the corn and huck them over... over into the distance and try to oh. hit other kids. If I do, that. then
2: they're going to figure out what it uh, feels like to be corn and <laughs> hucked into the field. So, <laughs>
1: Funny.
2: so anyway, uh, thanks for checking in, guys. Nothing
0: new is going on with me. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot since we've started uh, all this. I'm excited to report that... Um, I, I think we talked about this when we, before our break, but we started doing our Wednesday night program for kids. Mm-hmm. And we actually have too many kids now. We have like 30 meeting and it's, it's, we're at a point now where we're actually having a lot of new families show up and with the volunteers we have, we're going to do a rotation system just to make sure these kids are being discipled and they're actually learning. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have problems that come from growth, right? Because you can have problems that come from stagnation. But uh, this, this has been an exciting time for that and yeah.
1: It's really fun to see so much ministry happening. You know, you have Wednesdays, you have youth and kids ministry. Mm-hmm. There's a life group meeting there. And so the campus is just it's going on Wednesday nights. Uh you've got Monday nights. You've got the men of simplicity that's happening yeah. every week and that's going strong and men are growing. Think about uh, you know, even during the weekday, Tuesdays. Today's Tuesday we're recording there's a Bible study there Tuesdays. On every other Friday there's the the mom to mom. Just a lot of things happening more and more and You know, I know we're still dealing with a lot of challenges with COVID and people are making their best decisions they can based on the different situations, but it's fun to see what God's doing in the middle of some challenging times.
0: It's fun to see people just step up, figure it out, and let's still keep trucking forward with the mission that we've been given from our Lord. So Mm -hmm. that's super cool. Um, All right, guys. um, I think it's it's time. I think we can turn the corner here a little bit if you guys are ready, but today I actually... I'm the one that pitched this idea to you, to you guys. I thought it would be really beneficial if we kind of took a moment to talk about how sermons are prepared and basically how to listen to a sermon. Um, my, my thought process is like, you know, like Stephen, you being our worship leader, I, I, I imagine you appreciate music at a deeper level than just the typical the typical consumer. Right. Because you can hear things that are that are
2: happening and you can appreciate that a little bit more. Right. And specifically when it comes to worship music in the context of the worship service, there is actually a lot of uh, theological coaching that happens through that. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Or, or another illustration is like a um a foodie. My brother, my brother has a really good palate when it comes to food. You can have him eat anything; he'll tell you what's what's in there. So he has a deep appreciation for the things that he eats, as opposed to someone who just has like a junk palate, like myself, who enjoys hot pockets. You know, I uh, he just likes things at a whole at a different level because there's a there's a level of expertise there, and so I thought. It would be good to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about what goes into a sermon so that people can get a, a, a better a, a, a enjoyment. Doesn't seem like the right word,
2: but to get the most out of it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, you know, say like the, an most, underst- the most edification, I understanding, guess. appreciation, all of those words wrapped up into one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this thought comes from a, a book that I read for for Bible college, Hayden Robinson, where, where oftentimes people, like, if they go listen to a sermon and you ask them, Oh, how's the sermon? And they're like, Well, it was good. Well, what is that based on? The idea of good? Did, were you challenged or were you entertained? Are those is that the criteria that should right. be used?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, was it funny? Was yeah. it you know? Yeah, make me feel good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so today, I, I just thought, Mike, maybe you can share a little bit as as our chief preacher at, at the church. I guess, um, would you be willing to kind of share about your perspective on what goes into a sermon?
1: Yeah. And and I dig this because this is, you know, you think about riding a bicycle and you know how to ride just a regular bicycle and then you get onto a, a 10 speed bike or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and you don't know how the gears work. But when you figure out how those work, you're going to enjoy riding that bike a mm-hmm. whole lot more. So it's kind of like, you know, folks come, that listen to a sermon. Hopefully they take something away. But what we're trying to do here is give a little bit more nuance in terms of what what should I be looking for in a sermon? How should I engage with the sermon? What should I take away from a sermon so that it becomes more meaningful? It becomes more helpful. It becomes more useful. And ultimately the, the real goal is it becomes something that allows people to grow more and more mm-hmm. in their faith in their trust of the Lord more and more in their affection for the, for the savior. That, that's really the goal here. And so um, when we were talking about this ahead of time, we, one of the things that we said, well, why do we even, why do we even have sermons? Like why why preach what is this thing called preaching right mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot we could say and this could become a really long podcast this can become a podcast series in itself <laughs> but one of the main reasons why we preach is there's instructions in the scripture for this and and numerous instructions but one of the greatest instructions comes from uh from paul's writing to timothy in second timothy uh I think Stephen has that handy. I just do. Do you want to read it for us? I would
2: love to. So this is out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 1. Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with
1: complete patience and teaching. Yeah. So I mean, really, if the most basic level, when someone asks the question, why preach? Well, the answer is. Bible says
2: there, there kind of is <laughs> the, the a sense that it, yeah. the,
1: the Bible says it, it, it we're, we've been given this instruction to do this thing called preaching <laughs> and um, other places in the scripture, it says it's foolishness to the the listener, to the world, to those who uh, don't yet understand, but We're instructed to do this because the preaching moment is a moment that really, oftentimes it's when I like, I think I heard this somewhere, but where God's preacher, God's man is standing in front of God's people with God's word and God's spirit does what only God's spirit can do. He does God's work. Mm -hmm. And all of this is for God's glory. And so there's, there's a spiritual supernatural impact of, of preaching. And that's what we're aiming for in that moment. We say, why preach? Well, because because we're told to, but really why preach? Because God's at work in preaching, right? Because God moves in preaching because our souls are changed and, and our lives are changed in the preaching moment. And so that's, I, I guess where we start with that, right? Yeah, actually, in, one of the things I like about the the
0: comments we just made is that we are a church that values the word of God. And because what God's word tells us to, that we we should be preaching, we value the preaching of God's word because that comes directly from God's word as a matter of fact actually if you're a new listener because I know there are actually people who are listening not a part of our church hello audience from Columbia not quite sure what's up with that but hello if you want to know more about our stance on just the Word of God the Bible itself actually we have an earlier episode I will link to this you can find it in the description however you're listening to this this mm-hmm. podcast anyway Mike.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we're instructed to preach. That that kind of fits, though, with what you were saying. Well, then what do we preach? Mm -hmm. And the text actually says, preach the word. And so when we stand up to preach, we're not preaching our our own ideas. Mm -hmm. When we preach, we're not preaching what the latest um, self-help book, as great as it might be, what it's teaching. Or we're not preaching from certain magazines and whatnot. We're preaching. And the content of our preaching— it's the word of God. Yep. It's the scripture, it's the Bible. I think we need to
0: draw the distinction there because there are a lot of <sighs> teachers out there who will use the Bible, but the primary authority of whatever message they're they're sharing is either pop psychology or a self-help book or or anything else. But what we are saying is that the Bible isn't just illustrative of a message, it is the message. And uh, that actually kind of pushes on the idea. I, I've heard about this lately. There has been some debate as to uh, why should I listen to the pastor when he preaches? Cause he's not divine. Well, the authority, what you just heard, the authority of what we're sharing isn't what the pastor thinks or says. It's the word of God. Yeah. It is. If, if he's done the work, Right. And that's something we're going to talk about. It's like, what does it really look like to preach the word of God as opposed to just use the word of God? Yeah. What were
1: you going to say, Stephen?
2: Oh, um, I was tacking onto something he was saying. Yeah, we don't root this in pop psychology. I've actually heard some teachers just use the pulpit as a platform to to spout like their political ideologies. And then because they want to you know, say, look at me, I've, I've got authority on this. Then they will go to the Bible as like, look here, God says you should vote for this person. And that's, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Stephen, you bring up a really good point because that
0: makes me, that makes me want to push back a little bit about people who always talk about, well, why aren't we talking about X, Y, or Z in the pulpit? And there is a part of me, especially as someone who preaches, I mean, Mike, you, you asked me to step into the pulpit, um, about a month ago and you gave me free reign to just whatever God has laid on your heart. And as I prayed through that, I truly was like, God, what have you brought to me? What is the word that you want me to, to preach? It's not about what are my emotions right now? What am I upset about? It's about God's word. So when I think about people who who are like, well, why isn't? Why aren't we talking about more social justice things? Or why aren't we talking about these things that are happening in the news and things like that? There are times when sermons will touch on that, but I wholeheartedly believe because of the supernatural part that if God's man is in in the pulpit, he's bringing to me what God wants me to hear through that, not what my itching ears want to hear, but what my
2: soul needs, as yeah. determined by God Himself. Yeah. I would actually push just a little bit further. Sorry, Mike. Um, that those issues are absolutely addressed by Scripture, and that Scripture should be used to address those issues. Yeah. However, the context of the worship service is not the time or place for that. I mean, the a counseling session is where you can go into the Scripture to find out about you know social justice or whatever happens to, to be the the hot topic of the day. But the the preaching of the Word on a worship service that's that's for examining the word for what it says, not for how it applies to whatever pop thing of the day is, right? And if if God, am I tracking with that? No, he's he's giving me an eyebrow raise. I'm I'm trying to say, like, I'm not, I'm not following you. Okay, um, we don't on Sunday morning or Saturday night in in our worship services address necessarily, but like we we don't just go to the Bible to bring out what is. Popular in the moment, right? We go to the Bible for what it says, and then what it says may or may not touch on what's popular in the moment. But
1: I don't know. I'm having trouble phrasing this now. So let me square your corners for you, please. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. So generally, what we do is we we preach through. Like right now, we're working through a book of the Bible. Yeah. Right. And so if there's something you said culturally popular in the moment, we don't just sideline that. And say, okay, we're not going to do the next passage. We're we're, we're going to do something else. We, we rarely do that. Mm-hmm. When Andrew preached, it was I was out sick, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of felt like the passages that were next in First Thessalonians were passages I needed to handle, mm-hmm. and so I said not. And it was actually less what was on your heart. It was more what, what's the Lord showing you through your devotions. Right, right. right and so you right. said, Here's what I'm learning in the scripture, and I'm gonna bring it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's generally how preaching works. Now there are cultural moments, right, where we will step aside, we'll say, Something happened in our nation, something happened in our city, something happened across the street, maybe, and we are going to go to the scripture because we're in need right, of biblical right. wisdom and mm-hmm. biblical direction in for this issue. Right. I, I right. think if, if that's what, if, if I'm understanding you, that is more what I was trying to say. We're not but... given to the whims of the culture. In right. What we that's pre-example. what it is. Yeah. I think that's what you're trying to say. Right. But there are mo- like, we're not like hard and fast bound to right. the next verse every week. I, I think that's a really good way to go about it mm-hmm. because when you, and this is going back into what is helpful preaching, what is good for preaching. When you handle a book of the Bible uh, and you handle every verse that means you end up dealing with stuff that you wouldn't choose to preach on given your own preferences, right? right. Like, you know, we've been talking about the end times for three weeks. Um, maybe not the the first thing I'd pick to preach about. You know, I, I generally would pick a few other different things ahead of, ahead of that. But because we're working through a book of the Bible and, and allowing the Bible to guide us, mm-hmm. well, you know what? And the Bible really is our authority. Yeah. It is guiding our thoughts. And so we're handling the next text just about every week, uh, one week after the next, is that, is that bring some clarity to what we're talking about here? I think so. I think so.
0: And my, my biggest thing right now is I was, uh, as I was saying what I was saying about this entire topic is that these passages or the, the, what is spoken, especially at our church right now isn't done because it's just on a whim. There is a lot of care concern, prayer and consideration for what our church needs to hear. And just because someone, like you may be itching to hear about X, Y, or Z, just because we're not talking about it, it doesn't mean we're being cowards mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's because it's not just about this one issue. It's about what the church needs as a whole. Yeah, And I think what people, especially in our, our climate right now, I think people need to be open to what God is speaking to them. I, know, I don't know how if this has ever happened to you, but there are many times I will be praying to God. I'm looking for an answer about a specific issue in my life. And then all of a sudden God shows up and wants to talk about something else that I'm like, I wasn't even talking about that, Lord. I want to deal with this. And Lord, the Lord shows up because goes, well, yeah, but this is what's pressing right now in your heart. We need to address this. That's kind of how I see when I, when I step into a sermon, when I'm listening to anyone preach, I, I'm, I'm coming expecting that God's going to show up, that God is coming to talk to me about whatever agenda he has, not my agenda. There are times I'm struggling, and God does meet me there, but sometimes God brings up something that I'm like, "I this was not even on my radar, mm-hmm. but thank you, Lord, and let's let's walk through this.
2: And I think that's the better way to say kind of what I was trying to articulate is that it's not our agenda, it's his agenda. Mm-hmm. And so while we might want to
1: hear about X, Y, or Z, God's going to move how he chooses to, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, philosophically, then when we say, "Okay, why preach?" Well, the Scripture says it, and it says we're supposed to. And, and what do we preach? Well, we preach the Word. And so at Valley, part of how we understand that working is at Valley, when we preach the Word, well, the core of the Word of God is is one primary message. Mm -hmm. There is one message in the word of God that that the rest of the word of God, it connects to, and it points to, it it predicts, or it's built upon. And that one message is what we call the gospel. And so philosophically then at Valley, uh, there's a few different things we can talk about, about what goes into a sermon, but the core of every sermon, Mm -hmm. whether we are preaching about, you know, your, your marriage and how to be a, a godly husband or how to be a godly wife or how to be a good parent. If we're preaching on depression and how to deal with things going on in your, your heart and your mind, if we're preaching on, well, this week, the end times mm-hmm. and, and, and all that goes into that. Well, each of those messages are going to have one core message within it, which is that, that Jesus died, was buried and that he rose again. That is the core message. And, and that actually is what separates a, a Christian sermon from a, a sermon that could be given in a synagogue. Yeah. If, if you think about it, right. If we preach a moralistic sermon that really is just about, here's how to be better or here's how to be happy. Well, that could be preached anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the secular world can, they will readily receive a message about how to be happier. Uh, that's, that's not our goal. If we have a self-improvement message that lacks a, clear explanation that you can't save yourself, but it's through Jesus and his death and resurrection that we're redeemed and made new. That's the core of everything that you're going to find happen at Valley. That's why we say at Valley, we're gospel driven. This, mm-hmm. That's not just a catchphrase. That's really, we're serious about that. We want to connect everything to who Jesus is and what he's done. And so when we say we preach the word, that's with the understanding. We preach the word and we, we point at Christ
0: the chief end of all of our sermons is that Christ be glorified Mm -hmm. in that. So at the end of it, if Christ is glorified and we've, because he's died for our sins, we acknowledge our sin, but we also acknowledge the grace of God through Mm -hmm. Christ in that there's, that's the gospel element that that comes through all yeah. of that. So uh, that kind of actually got, that goes into the emotional responses or the emotional roller coaster that sermons can mm-hmm. be. Um, I bring this up because sometimes people will judge a sermon based on how they feel at the end. They think, well, a sermon is good if I feel really encouraged, or a sermon was bad because I feel like I was just condemned just now. When really, like it's a it's a roller coaster. And a sermon isn't good based on how you feel at the end. It's actually how well it adheres to the word, right? It adheres to the gospel and how is Christ glorified. If if, if you are someone who's preaching and you tell a bunch of stories from your own life and you come out on top every single time and it's more about your personal stories and how you're a good person and how everyone, you know, you've been on these adventures and all these things like that and someone walks away with like, wow, I've really got to know this preacher and he's a really good guy, but they didn't really hear about Jesus... That wasn't a sermon.
1: Yeah, this is picks up right where Stephen left off a moment ago in 2 Timothy 4, right? Verses 1 and 2 that gives this this charge to preach the word in season and out of season when people want to hear and when they don't and then you get into verses three and three and four if you want to read that Stephen, absolutely so once again second timothy chapter four picking up in verse three paul writes for the
2: time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening
1: to the truth and wander off into myths yeah this is a great danger that we face Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the world we live in right now, the technological world where mm-hmm. you can find, you can find any preacher saying anything you want them to say, yeah. right? YouTube is a great thing. You great tool, right? Get messages out. You can find, you can find a preacher that will tell you whatever it is you want to hear. Yeah. And what that's called is called having an itching ear mm-hmm. where you're saying, I'm going to find someone who's going to, uh, I'm going to accumulate for myself teachers who will suit my own passions. And it leads people away from, it says from sound teaching, right? Mm -hmm. This, that word sound is the idea of healthy, Mm -hmm. healthy. teaching. That's right. right. Yeah. And so we want, we want to be preaching the word in a way that is built on healthy teaching, healthy doctrine. Um, and, and the danger is, uh, if I'm just given to my emotion, what does this make me feel? Does this make me feel good about myself or bad about myself? Does this make me feel happy and give me warm fuzzies or do, do I sense a conviction in it? If we're if we're guided by our emotions, that's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Because a a good sermon and a good church and good preaching, it they'll typically they'll run the spectrum of emotions. Yeah. Right? The, it the it go- is a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. The, it's been said that the gospel is is the the blow that wounds mm-hmm. and it's also the bomb that heals. Right? Because what, what does that mean? The the blow that wounds, the gospel says what about us? It says that we are sinners. That we have rebelled. It says that we are under the condemnation of, of the law. That we deserve God's wrath
0: mm-hmm.
1: poured out upon us. We deserve to be separated from Him for all eternity because of our sin and our selfishness. Mm-hmm. What a blow! Right? I mean, what what an encouraging message. Let me just tell you how terrible you are. Yeah. Let me tell you how wretched and ruined you are. Let me let me remind you of all the evil you've done and all the mistakes you've made. That that's that's a giant blow. Mm-hmm. The gospel teaches that but that's not all it teaches it's also the bomb that heals because the gospel says yet even though i mike freeman am a spiritual zero i i'm a spiritual loser even though i have rebelled in great ways in grievous ways jesus loves me And he loved me so much that he was willing to die in his death. It paid the price for all of my sins. It cleansed me from all of my ungodliness and all of my unrighteousness. And that his resurrection provides for me a brand new life. And now my life is in Christ. Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, because I've trusted in that, I now have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Right. This is this is I am made new. What a what a balm, what mm-hmm. a healing salve! what what a, what a fresh, uh, drink of water yeah. in, in the middle of the, the wounding that I've experienced.
0: And because of that wounding, the Lord will heal us and walk us through life. His, his the life that it was intended for us. And, and what you just said, one of the, my favorite ways of illustrating this, uh, is because I've worked with teenagers so much. It's like, it's like when your face is just full of acne and you finally look in a mirror and you see all the gross, all the grotesque, like whiteheads and stuff on your face, you could live your entire life, never look at a mirror and just be oblivious to it. Maybe you feel the pressure, but when you finally look at the mirror, the mirror is like, oh man, this is bad. But now that we've acknowledged this is what's wrong, Christ can begin to clean and heal and, and move forward to actually deal with this. So that wounding isn't a wounding because we want to hurt or anyone wants to hurt you. It's a wounding because it's a revelation of brokenness in your life. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, you could say like a sermon doesn't wound you. It actually kind of reveals wounds that's already there. Yeah.
1: And a good sermon, I think, typically will cover both ends of that emotional spectrum right Mm -hmm. now there are occasions where the sermon is probably going to lean really heavy on the grace of god Mm -hmm. those are beautiful sermons there are sermons where the sermon might lean heavily on the judgment and the wrath of god those are necessary sermons Mm -hmm. right and and so what you have to do then is you have to step back and say at the church that i go to is there a is there is it a sound doctrine? Is there a sound teaching? Is it, is it balanced or is it week after week? All I hear is God's judgment week after week. It's like a finger pointed at me or at the other end of the spectrum. Is it week after week? All I hear is God loves me and he, he I'm so special to him and I'm so precious to him, but there's never any acknowledgement of my sin and and the need for repentance and the need for to grow in holiness. Uh, uh, most sermons will have both those and uh, most strong, solid sermons will have both those. And if it doesn't look at the whole work of the church in, in general and see if there, there is a balance or if they're they're just straight one one side or the other, which that's not sound. That's not healthy. Yeah. So as, as we're tracking, then we, we see, OK, what do we preach the Bible, the gospel? Uh, why do we preach? it? Well, because we're, we're instructed to by God himself and then, h- how do we respond to this, or, or how do we listen to it? Listen to it, experiencing those motions. Um, also, I mean, you were talking about this, Stephen. Listen to it with pencil in hand, right? Yeah. So, how do you guys walk into listening to a sermon? You listen to sermons more than I do in the church setting, um, but but when you walk up and when you're we're preparing to listen to a sermon, how do you prepare? What, what do you do to to listen well to get the most out of it?
0: Okay. Well, uh, you know, I just need to go first, Stephen. So I will. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> How do I prepare? Number one is my attitude and my heart. I think I already said it earlier. I like to show up expecting to encounter God. If, uh, like, I, so I shared with you guys, I've been, I've been reading this book by John Piper, and one of his illustrations for preaching is that he sees his job as going into the mine shafts of God's word and just digging and digging and digging. And at the end of the week, he gets to come out, out of his little hole And proclaim to the world, to show off to the world these nuggets of truth that he's been digging for all week. That man loves the word Mm -hmm. of God. It is so precious to him. And in in that sense, like if, and being on that end of it, when we work through a sermon, it it is seeking and pouring out. It is encountering God and letting God work in our own hearts and convict us. And then to share what God has been doing. So when I know this, I go like, God has something for me. So I don't just show up thinking like, all right, I'm going to hear something cool or I'm going to hear about this or whatever. It's, it's not like going to go watch a movie or going to attend a, a lecture at, at college or a safety training at, at work or something like that. I go to expect to encounter
1: God. I would use your word expect is fine. I would say that's, that's coming in in faith. Mm-hmm. Say so God's real. God's word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, r- r- dividing right through soul and spirit, right? Like you're walking into the the sermon moment. You say, I believe God is going to, he, he's going to meet me here. Mm-hmm. And so you come with like an expectant heart, but it's also, you're coming with a heart that says, I trust God. Mm-hmm. I believe him. I believe his word. I believe this to be true. Yeah. I can't wait to meet with him right now and, yeah. and to hear his voice. Yeah. And so...
0: So that's, that's the heart. And then that leads into some practical things. Um, I'm a big note taker. I like taking notes. As a matter of fact, I, I always get, I'm annoyed when someone tells me how to take notes. Like, I know we do fill in the blanks. I use those. But I also like taking, because the spirit moves. Yeah, It brings up a thoughts and ideas and things I need to look into or weigh through. So I'll, I'll, I'll jot those down, right? If I don't have a notepad on me, I have my phone out. I'm taking notes on what's what's going on. And uh that's 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 the big thing is I'm noting things I want to come back and revisit throughout the week and just pray through. And so that's
2: that's where that's one way I I, I, I do that. What about you, Steve? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I kinda have a, a, a personal parallel to what you were just saying. Like first when it comes to the heart, I come in with an understanding of my own heart, of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um case of analogy. Uh when I was younger in my youth. My uh, dad used to take us on family vacations, right? And we used to come up here to the Northwest to see some of the just amazing natural wonders. We would see the mountains. We would see forests. We would see trails and glaciers and rivers and canyons and whatever else the West Coast had to offer, right? And as a young person and then as a teenager, of course, I would spend hours upon hours sitting in the car with the anticipation of seeing these places just to arrive, see it, take a photo and want to leave, right? That that was my youth, right? It's like, "Oh, yeah, this is a really nice valley filled with all of these beautiful mountains or or in your case of uh, John Piper going into the mine, those are some those are some great gold nuggets there. Take a picture, it'll last longer, right?" Yeah. And I was not in the moment appreciating things. Um as I matured, I kind of started understanding about myself I need to Be here. I need to be present. I need to be in the moment, appreciating this for what it is, both when it came to the family vacations, but more so here now talking about sermons. I had a tendency to come in, sit through a sermon, and that entire time my mind is wandering, right? It's going to, oh, that reminds me of this other thing, or that was a cool story. What if this? Or maybe I want to talk about what I'm going to eat for lunch. But I came to a realization that I needed to stay focused and stay in the moment Mm -hmm. and appreciate the gold nuggets that were being brought to me, right? And so I developed becoming a note taker. I'm not a note taker by nature. I started saying, okay, with a pencil in hand, I am going to write out these thoughts so that I am tracking with what the preacher is saying so that I am pulling these truths and then applying them. And from the fill in the blanks, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just copying those was how I started. I, over time, started just rewriting what I was getting out of the message in my own words. And so I would start writing essentially what are memos to myself mm-hmm. based yeah, off of yeah. what the preacher was saying within the scripture reference written off to the side so I could come back and review that later. Mm-hmm. I think I've only ever done that, come back to it once, but what it does is it helps me be present and be paying attention and be enjoying this gold nugget for what it is. And not just because somebody says, Hey, look, it's a gold nugget. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. I like what you said about being
0: present because it actually speaks to the medium that you used for note-taking. Cause I see you walking around typically with that leather bound notebook that you, yeah. you have yeah, man. and I, I, I do a lot on my phone and what happens is like i'll be taking notes and then notification message or something and i have adhd so like i will just check it then i get lost on facebook for like 5 10 minutes and then i have to come back I'm like what are we doing again oh that's right and then i'm i'm back so cuz i even tried to do note taking like on on my my tablet cuz i can write and stuff like that too but the same thing happens
2: same thing happens there so i i, I appreciate that, the yeah that, that travel that. journal is yeah. that is a game changer man okay
1: yeah now, this is really good. And, and taking notes is, you know, there's not one way, perfect way to do it. And, um, in a valley, we do use an outline mm-hmm. and that's, that's really, you know, it's funny your, your perspective of like boxing and that's actually not the purpose. So it. it's actually right. like the skeleton, like we want to give people a skeleton so that they can understand the typically the flow of the text. And, uh, maybe we should give more room within that for people's so. own notes because I, I the last thing, you know, I, I I would hate to have someone come and take notes by only filling in the blanks and, and, and maybe even not really engaging mm-hmm. like mentally or even emotionally and, and then say, oh, well, I took notes, right? Like that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is that you, 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 you got your heart laid out there before the Lord saying, God, I want to meet with you. I want to, I want to know your truth. I want you to change my mind. Mm-hmm. If there's any way that I'm thinking is not accurate or does not line up with you. And I want you to change my heart, my affections, you know? And so we use that. And at Valley in particular, what we do is, is we want to have one big idea, right? And so when we handle three or four verses or 30 verses, we're saying, what is the one big idea that is in this text? And that's, that's usually mentioned pretty early in the message. And sometimes it's repeated throughout and oftentimes returned to at the end. And, And so like this week, this last week, we said, live in light of the promise. And we're talking about the promise of obtaining salvation in Christ Jesus, our Lord, right? Like, Um, and so that's the promise. And so everything else connected to that. And our hope is that every one of those lines, every one of the points that the preacher makes, whether it's me or you, Andrew, or soon you, Stephen, or other preachers, Stephen Hall or yeah. um, Every one of the points that we make, it is not difficult for you to open up your Bible and say, this point is coming right out of the text.
0: And that's, I'm happy you, you bring this up because I was trained with that. With the idea that when you are given a passage, whether it be three verses or 30 verses, the job of the preacher is to find the overarching big idea of that and then to preach that big idea and to show how that passage connects to that big idea. It yeah. com- That big idea comes from the scripture. It, it, we draw meaning out of it, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what we call the exegetical yeah. Yeah. preaching. And so I, I guess when people are listening to the sermons here at Valley, they should just know that there is one large idea that we're gonna be launching from. Yep. I, I've actually seen it in, in, in your notes and I started doing it in mine because I, I copied your notes, is that typically you'll see like the heading of the, of the sermon and then there is the big idea or mm-hmm. the main idea is like, this is the big thing that we want people to, to see in the passage that we're about to work through. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's the thing you say, if there's one thing you take home, if there's one thing you remember, right? I mean, maybe they'll remember the text. That would be awesome. Yeah. But but if there's one thing you remember, it's it's this is the big idea. Mm-hmm. As, as I think about this passage, as I, uh, I mull it over in my mind when I go home, as I talk with my family about it, as, as I pray through this throughout the week, mm-hmm. um, this is the one big idea. And those other main ideas, they're really helpful. And oftentimes those will be the ideas I'll pray about through the week. Um, When I pray for my kids before they go to bed, usually I'll take one of those big or main ideas and I'll pray that for my children as, as they're going to sleep at night. You know, that's, but that all is, it's drawn out of the text. Mm -hmm. So typically we have one main text. We have one main idea. We have our one big idea, and then we have some main ideas and sub points that flow out of it. But then we also have these cross references occasionally, right? So as you're listening to the sermon and we say, okay, this is the text we're in. But now I want everyone to look at this other passage. Um, how how do you guys handle a passage or a, that that moment of presentation when, if I'm preaching, I jump to a cross reference? What what usually goes on in your mind in that moment? So that takes me a little bit. When we do cross references, we have the uh,
0: we have the scripture up on on stage, and it's in it's in the notes. Um, typically, I used to try to flip there really quick, but then when we come back to it, I get lost. I get I waste a lot of time flipping back and forth, or even just using my 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 phone to get to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So I just listen for the content, and what I'm listening for is how this cross reference illustrates the point that was just made. That's that's the point of that cross reference. Is it's somehow supporting the point that that we've drawn from from scripture.
1: That's right. And so yeah, they support the point. They illustrate the point. Sometimes we're preaching a passage that might not be really really easily clear. And so a cross-reference will say the same thing, but in a clearer way. And that's a really helpful way to say, like, let's look at another view of this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For example, this two weeks ago, we looked at Jesus's words uh, about the end as we were talking about First Thessalonians, and that that overlap brought a lot of clarity. And actually, Jesus used a ton of illustrations. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Stephen?
2: I was actually um, gonna say it uh, goes to that saying that the best way to interpret the Bible is with the Bible. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So it's if if I'm trying to figure out what is the the point that this scripture is trying to tell me, right? What is the the overarching point? Then oh, I'm distracted now. Um, what is the overarching point? Then. I'm not going to just think to myself, "Oh, I think that this is what the point is." I'm going to go to a different portion of scripture that may be referencing that or might be uh, further illustrating that, and use scripture to interpret scripture.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. We had a
2: fun uh, example of that yesterday. It's, it's, yeah. I'm going to be uh, bringing that to the youth this week, yep. which is funny because I use a curriculum that didn't actually have what we talked about in it whatsoever. And I was just like, wow, I mean, Jesus spoke on this very subject and it's not in my curriculum. Why?
1: So, yeah. So, again, these are some of the ways we think about listening to a sermon, right? Recognizing, okay, this is this is based on a text of scripture Mm -hmm. it's got one big idea hopefully and it has an outline that flows so that i can understand the the argument of or the flow or the nuances of the text and and we're hoping someone's listening to this with an open heart ready to hear the word of god Mm -hmm. we're hoping that we're hoping, we're hoping that someone's listening to this with, with a pencil in hand uh, making notes that are not just filling in the blanks but like wh- what's God doing in their heart and mind as they're listening and, uh, and that they're able to leave there with something practical that they can that they can apply that they can work on that they can attempt mm-hmm. or even something that they can just remember and believe is mm-hmm. true based on who Jesus is and what he's done.
0: And all that is Really good. And I think we want to bring this up for, for people because let's just be honest, the Bible teaches that there is a lot of false teachers, a lot of false prophets and things out there. And as of right now, especially in our culture, and it just seems so apparent to me nowadays that it's easy to pick a preacher or a teacher. I don't even call him a preacher, a, a teacher <laughs> that will suit those, those itching ears. And then right now, if you don't know that, a biblical sermon needs to be based on drawing meaning out of the, the word and it, how how a sermon's put together. You may be missing out on what God's trying to do through the conviction that leads us to the gospel, mm-hmm. to the goodness of Christ. In that, this is a this is challenging, but it's it's such a beautiful beautiful thing. the The wounding of our spirits brings us to this awe and this healing of of God especially the more we engage in that.
1: You know, I'd be curious if our listeners, if they were to write in and say, hey, here's some other things that I do to get the most out of the sermon. That would be fun to hear about. Like, what what are the things that other people do that help them engage, help them think deeply? Um, you know, if we're working through a book of the Bible like we are right now, you know, you can always be reading the, the next passage the, the, the week before the sermon's going to be preached, right? Yeah. And so you can be preparing yourself. You can be readying yourself. And, and you know, if you've read through that a few times during that week, then you're, you're really ready to, to follow the text and, mm-hmm. and hold tightly and, and to, to be part of pulling that meaning out of it. You know, Mike, we may be running out of
0: time, but I, I was thinking about, you asked us as what we are listening or how we prepare for a sermon. But there are times... That you've listened to sermons, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, you are the first pastor I've ever worked with that like has asked me to preach, even though you're still going to be <laughs> in town. So I remember one of the first times I was preaching, and I saw you sitting front row with a notebook open. I was like, I, I freaked out a little bit because I was like, <laughs> I, I don't what? Dad's here to check on my homework. That's what it <laughs> felt like at first. But you, you have this uh you have this look on your face when you close your eyes and like something sweet is happening in your soul that's really encouraging for me. So like when I saw that happening, I was like, What what is happening over here? But I you are engaged in in the message. What are what are you doing, I guess, to prepare for for the preaching of God's word? Yeah, I mean I As a listener.
1: I take a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. Um I'll follow the flow. And um there's Two sides of me when when I'm listening to a sermon, mm-hmm. right? There, there I really guess. is. Yeah, there is. Uh, I do have a critical side where I'm saying, let's let's stay close to the text, buddy. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're saying what the Bible actually says. And um, you know, I oftentimes I'll have my tablet open also, mm-hmm. and I'll have the original language open, and I'm following along there mm-hmm. just to kind of check accuracy, right? Like, to make sure that I'm hearing what this actually says. Um, that, that's part of me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it, it's more about accuracy in that moment than it is about, um, then it, yeah, it, it's desiring to, to make sure there's an accuracy, even if the style is different, even mm-hmm. if the stories aren't what I would using like that. Yeah. But, but the other side of me is that I, I really want to, I don't want to come into that moment as someone who I preach. I preach a lot. Mm-hmm. I interact with the Bible. I hope I interact with the Bible more than probably anyone in the church. Not mm-hmm. in an arrogant way, but like you are supposed if, to be. Yeah, if I'm leading sense. based on the Word of God, I, mm-hmm. I'm digesting the Word regularly, um, and so in, in the preaching moment, I, like you, I trust God's going to meet me, mm-hmm. and, and I want to hear what what He's doing, uh, what He wants to do. Um, now, I have the advantage. We have an advantage here because we do three services. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to kind of separate some of that, especially the latter sermons. The first one, typically I've got the pencil sharp in terms of let's be accurate. Mm-hmm. But if I listen, get to listen to it twice, usually the second or the third time, it's much more Lord, just let me hear what you want me to hear in this moment. That, that's usually how I go about it. Um, and, uh, and I always rejoice when I hear the gospel i, I can't help it mm-hmm. uh, that's probably that moment when when the whatever look you the, on my face mm-hmm. when I hear the gospel being being shared being proclaimed lovingly boldly clearly it's hard not to close your eyes and just say thank you lord for saving me mm-hmm. because i didn't deserve it and you did you did this for me and and I'm just amazed and so that's you know that's how i approach it
0: all right, guys, we are coming up to the end of time here, but uh, I think one thing I would stress for people who are listening to sermons, um, one thing you can do is exactly what I'm, I am say you can do for even the podcast, too. It's okay to reach out as well. I've yet to meet a pastor who doesn't really want to talk about the sermon that they, they've done. I don't know about you, Mike, but I, there's always a lot that's on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Right. Like, cause you just got to cut things. You do all this study and you're like, well, I would like to talk about this, but I don't have time yeah. to. And we, as all of us, as teachers of the word, we want people to know God. So if you have questions, I think, I know for us, you can always write in, ask a question, text us or whatever. But you know what? That also goes for us as a podcast too. So if you're listening to this and you have some comments, you have some questions, you would like some direction on it. So we would love to connect with you. You can reach us at podcast at vcflongview.org and we'll connect with you. If you're someone from Valley listening to us, uh, you, you know how to connect with us. Uh, this is Stephen's phone number. It is. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. So, five by five, five. Yeah, yeah. But feel free to uh, to reach out. Stephen, as we bring this to a close, will you... Will you just pray for our listeners and just pray that, uh, man, that we could just love the preaching of
2: God's word. Absolutely. Yeah. Lord, we do thank you just for this time that we have had to discuss these things. And Lord, I pray for every single person listening that, their hearts would just be turned towards you, and that you would give them a hunger and a thirst for the messages that you have, the ways that you have revealed yourself through your word, and that, Lord, as we interact as churches, as congregations, that you would turn our eyes firmly onto you and not towards any distractions or other agendas that we might be tempted to have. God, continue to sanctify us and mold us more into the image of your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to
0: Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.